Good morning everyone and welcome to our Sunday worship. We've been working hard this week on diversifying the ways and means by which you can tune in to worship on Sundays. This week we've another videoed service along with the audio podcast and both of those are available on our website. For those of you who aren't online we've got another option now of listening to a shortened version of the service by dialing up a number on your normal phone line. It could be a landline, it could be a mobile and that number is 028-94331-906. That's 028-94331-906. And some of you may be using that service right now. Um, calls for it are charged at the normal rate. So maybe that's one you could pass on to, to others who you think might, might find it helpful. But now let us worship God. We begin with some words from Psalm 5. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down towards your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness. Make your way straight before me. Let us pray. Dear Lord Jehovah Jireh, you are our provider. You provide hope for the hopeless, loved for the unloved, life for the dead in sin, wisdom for those who ask for it, a way out for those who are tempted, the way forward for those who seek you, a hand up for those who have fallen, the light to bring people out of the darkness, the water of life for those who are spiritually dry, the bread of life for those who are spiritually hungry and peace within for those who trust in you and so much more. Lord, can we even count the ways that you provide? We acknowledge your loving provision for us, almighty God, Jehovah Jireh. You truly are the provider and we thank you from the depths of our hearts. Lord, we confess to you our sins. We have sinned against you in word. We've sinned against you in thought and in deed. We know that we have not done what we ought to have done. And we have done and said what we ought not to have done and said. Forgive us, Lord, we pray. Purify our hearts. Refine us like silver refined in the fire so that we might reflect your image. Make us more like Christ, we pray. Fill us anew and afresh today with your Holy Spirit. Breathe your life into us. In the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Our Bible reading for today is taken from the book of Lamentations. Uh, we're reading Lamentations chapter 3 and verses 19 to 26. Lamentations 3, 19-26 to 26. 
Let us hear the word of God. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And may God bless to us this reading of his word. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There's no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not, as thou hast been, now forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. A very well-known, well-loved hymn, uh, written initially as a poem by Thomas Chrisham, who was born in Kentucky in 1866. And later in life, he described how the time when he penned those words was a particularly difficult period for him due to persistent health problems, which affected his work and his income. But how through that time, he was constantly grateful for the many displays of God's providing and God's constant care for him. And the words are based on on a couple of verses from the passage that I've just read from Lamentations chapter 3. Those words, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now, Thomas Christian was not a man given to platitudes. I think it's very easy, isn't it? to come out with platitudes when we or our others are facing trials of different kinds. It's kind of a way of of coping with those difficult or scary situations. I don't know about you, but I I tend to be a glass half full kind of person. And uh, that means that I have this tendency in me to always feel the need to look for a silver lining or to look always on the bright side of life as it was once so neatly put. Um, But the gospel is not a platitude. God forbid that it would ever become that. I've heard quite a lot of platitudes, I'm sure you have as well, in recent weeks about the coronavirus outbreak. Um, There are platitudes that that I think we all come out with from time to time. There's the one that says, uh, it's a great leveller. Well, is it really? The reality is that, that some people are, are very severely affected by this virus, while others hardly at all. Or there's another one, uh, we're all in this together. Well, is that really true? Yes, we do want to stand together with one another in difficult times, and, and to some extent that's been happening, which has been lovely to see in the past weeks and months. Um, but how do we say that to someone who's who's going to be jobless at the end of this. Or to others who, for one reason or another, 
haven't been able to avail of the government's furlough provisions. Are we really all in this together? Or another platitude that we often hear, um, that, that storms don't last forever. Um, well, often they don't, and that's good news. But for a small number of people, sadly, that, that will not be the case. This virus, um, this virus could take them out permanently. And so these are, these are all platitudes that slip off the tongue very easily, and we mean well. Um, and some people might look on these words in Lamentations chapter 3 and be tempted to say, well, here we go again. It just sounds like yet another platitude, albeit a spiritual one. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And indeed, there is a danger that individual verses taken on their own, like this one, can be used as a spiritual platitude when we fail to take the time to understand their setting and, and meaning. For these words to be, to be more than a platitude to us, for God's word to bring real comfort to us, we need to hear them in their context because God really does long to comfort us when we're going through hardship. The God of all comfort longs to comfort us when we're in distress. The book of Lamentations is just what it says on the cover. It's a lament. And the lamenter, we think, could well have been the prophet Jeremiah, although we, we don't know that for sure. But we do know that this book was written concerning events around that time. A catastrophic moment in the history of Judah. And you can read in detail about it in 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles. Judah and its city, Jerusalem, the temple, had been destroyed by one of the great superpowers of the day, the Babylonian Empire. And this was a, a destruction and, and suffering on an unimaginable scale. It's thought that the population of Judah just before the invasion was around a quarter of a million. Afterwards, only 25,000, a mere tenth of the population remained. Many of them fled as refugees. Some went into exile. A great number were slaughtered or died slowly of starvation or disease. How would the faith of Israel, God's chosen people, survive such devastation, such suffering on a scale like this? How would it survive destruction of its temple, the focus of worship for Israel? Uh, this is faith tested to the limit. And it's right there in the Bible for us to read. And it's in the aftermath of all of this that the Lamenter writes this book consisting of five acrostic poems of which chapter three is just one of them. That's the context for these poetic, theologically rich words, a context which when we understand it makes those words particularly helpful for those who are caught up in the large scale disasters of our world today. But but also for those facing personal tragedies, which of course many of us have to face at some stage in our lives, and, and that can feel just as overwhelming. And perhaps the first thing for us to notice about the Lamenter's words is just how realistic they are. Realistic about his circumstances, uh, and realistic about his God. If we read through Lamentations, we see that, that here's someone who is really struggling, struggling uh, 
uh, about his affliction uh, and his wandering. He doesn't go out of the way to, to bury all of that anguish or the bitterness or the pain that he's dealing with. This is raw and it's real. Maybe refreshingly so for us in our day, in our culture, where, where many of us, I suspect, were brought up not to talk about about hard times. Don't complain, don't moan, uh, don't go on about your difficulties. Don't be too negative, despite what's going on in your life. The lamenter doesn't do that. Through the means of his inspired poetry, he expresses his experience in great detail because it's a very real reflection of where he is and where God's people are. And in doing so, he shows us that, that we too can do that with God. That it's okay to plumb the depths of sorrow with God. An important way for, for God's people to live through grief and through horror is to face it and, and not to diminish it, not to pretend that it's not there, not to belittle it. The lamenter here finds the words to express all of that to God. And by having this in the pages of the Bible, I, I think permits us too to share our feelings with God. Be honest with God. Let's be honest, Christians have bad times too. Rubbish times in their lives. And somehow we, we, we learn to think that if we don't talk about them, if we don't share them, or if we try to look for some silver lining that's just not there at the moment, then that's somehow being hopeful and spiritual. But that's not hopeful. It's just being unrealistic. Now there is hope here. There is a lifeline of faith in these words. But it's not to be found in simply being unrealistic. The lamenter doesn't shy away from the realities of his circumstances. And neither does he shy away from the reality of, of who God is. Not a God of his own imaginings, but the God of Scripture. And this isn't easy for us. Easier maybe to look back over two and a half thousand years or more and say that this was all God's punishment for his people's disobedience and rebellion. That they deserved it. But when it comes to the victims of suffering in today's world, it's not so easy to say that, is it? It's not so, not so black and white. How can God, how can a loving God allow such large-scale suffering, uh, suffering like that witnessed by Jeremiah and his contemporaries? Now, part of that, of course, has to, to lie with the choices that that human beings make. They have freedom to make those choices. And, and we all know that people can cause incredible suffering to themselves and to one another. And in fact, God himself entered into that suffering, experienced that suffering, the worst that human beings could do when he willingly stepped into our humanity. And, and someday we know that all those wrongs and injustices that are there in our world are, are going to be finally put right. But for now, God comes to us in Jesus, full of grace and truth, patient, not wanting for any of us to, to perish, but for everyone to have the opportunity of repentance and mercy and redemption. That's what 
That's what Israel's vocation uh, was, that, that through them God might make his salvation known to all humankind, to, uh, to all the world, eventually through Christ, his chosen servant. And the Lamenter too, the Lamenter of Lamentations certainly doesn't minimise the guilt and the wickedness of the enemy who caused Israel's suffering. But at the same time, he acknowledges God's sovereignty. We can't ignore that. It's part of what makes God who he is. And, and there's a sense that, that nothing good or evil happens without God knowing it and without God allowing it. And that's a very hard concept for us to get our heads around. That God might lead us into hardship or allow it in some way to happen. Um, whether we think about the, the current crisis or a personal situation or the suffering of, of Jeremiah's day, that's something that's really difficult for us to compute that, that God loves me and yet God has brought me into this dark and frightening painful situation. But at the same time, there's a strange but, but very real comfort in knowing that the God who knows us and loves us has led us there into that scary place. Not, not the same as saying that God is the, the source or the cause of that evil, but that he's there with us in it, even where we can't for the life of us make sense of it. And for that reason, this chapter, chapter three of Lamentations, has been called one of the darkest and the brightest chapters in the whole Bible. And just like for you and me in those difficult situations, yes, it's dark. But actually in the darkness, we can see the brightest of lights shining brighter than maybe we've ever seen it shine before. And in verse 21 we see that light beginning to shine in the midst of all of that darkness. Not a hope that's found in empty platitudes, but a hope and trust in who God is. Yet this I call to mind, the lamenter says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Great affliction proves great faithfulness from God. Every day we see that God's mercies are new, new every morning in a way that maybe we didn't know his mercies before. God's steadfast love, God's compassion uh, that cannot be broken even by the darkest circumstances, even by death. Great is his faithfulness. And those are words that come out of personal experience. They come from the lips of someone who has the right to utter them because they have been there in the darkest of places. Sometimes it can really feel like we're the only ones who have ever experienced this kind of pain that, that we're in right now. Uh, no one has ever been in this situation before me but that's not true. God's people through history have, have lived through pandemics and wars and all kinds of tribulations, large scale and, and personal 
And they have proved him over and over again to be faithful. And those things can't be taken away from us. The lamenter says, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good for those whose hope is in him. Those whose hope is not in platitudes, not in faith in their own stamina, not faith in luck, but for those whose hope is in the Lord. Wait for him. Seek him. Wait for his salvation. We've got lots of time at the moment for for waiting and seeking. Let's use it. Because when we earnestly seek him, we will find him. Amen. Now let us come before God with our prayers for one another and our prayers for our world. Let us pray. Lord, we pray today for families as they continue to mark Sunday as God's special day, day of worship and rest without the normal routines of church and Sunday school and YF. We pray, Lord, that you would help them to to find creative ways uh, to centre their life together upon you. And we thank you, Lord, for all the, the Sunday school resources, YF resources that are available to us online through Uh, What are youth and family workers doing? Um, We pray for those of us who who watch and listen, uh, using the many digital aids to worship provided during lockdown. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to speak to us through your word, uh, continue to meet with us, continue to encourage us through sharing and praise and prayer. Lord, the, the cancellation of the, the Balmoral show last week um, just highlights for us the interruption to rural life at this time and, and livelihoods. And we want to pray today for the farming industry and the farming community. We ask, Lord, that you would protect and provide for farmers, those experiencing the financial strain of cash flow issues and diminishing returns and rising costs. We've been reminded also last week of the the dangers associated with farming by the tragedies that occurred last week in Fermanagh and outside Ballycastle. And Lord, we want to pray that you would be with those families, bring them your strength and comfort, be with the little girl recovering in hospital at the moment. And be with parents and grandparents and both families. Be with wider family, be with church, neighbours and friends. That your love might be seen and felt. We pray, Lord, for continued progress in expanding processes of testing and tracking and tracing the spread of coronavirus. We ask, Lord, that you would enable the development of systems that help combat pandemic and that permit greater relaxation of lockdown restrictions, um, but at the same time giving real assurances and, and peace of mind for people. We think of those who are gradually returning to their workplaces. Lord, give them confidence to step out again into their world of work and keep them safe. 
we pray. We pray too, Lord, for those who oversee workplace safety. Help them to find flexible and creative ways of ensuring staff are kept safe and return to their places of employment. And Lord, we pray too today for teachers, especially those providing grades for pupils who were due to sit GCSEs, AS and and A-level exams. Lord, equip them for this task and help them to be fair and objective. And for school leavers facing uncertainty about the future, we ask that they would continue to know your guidance and your direction and your peace, even in this uncertain season. Lord, hear our prayers as we ask them in the name of Jesus. Amen. And now go with confidence into the days ahead, trusting in God's unfailing love and faithfulness. God will not abandon you, for you are the work of his hands, his own creation, and his love endures forever. So go in joy to love and serve the Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you this day and forevermore. Amen.